This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here to cover all things Dog Pound in Cleveland for you guys. I'm joined today by the ever so lovely Miss Julia Thatcher. Hello. And we are going to talk to you all about your Cleveland Indians. Yes, we are going to tell you why, or maybe why not, you should or shouldn't be optimistic about the le- uh, 98, 99 games left. Um, it seems that most people have already wrote off the Indians for the season, which sneak peek of my prediction. I don't understand how that's possible, but I'm going to hand it over to her and just kind of let her tell you guys and gals why she became a Cleveland Indians fan. Julia, go ahead. Yeah, Chandler and Dog Check podcast viewers. So, um, my grandma is a huge Indians fan. She went to her first Indians game with my grandpa when they were first married. And then she raised my mom as an Indians fan. And now I hardly miss an inning of all 162 games. And it's something that me and my mom and grandma can bond over during the season. So, it's been really cool. There's been some ups and downs during my years as an Indians fan but the last several have been really positive and just like Chandler said I don't think we're anywhere close to writing the Indians off yet for this season so I'm excited to see what the second half will bring yeah uh I'm right there with you on that I think people are getting uh they're they're just kind of wanting to microwave the season not realizing there's a lot of ups and downs and um you know, throughout an MLB season, there seems to be more downs than ups just because of the length of it. 162 games is that's a lot, and people just seem to think that you can get right to the end. Um, no problem, but fair warning, Indians fans, they've started this way the past three years, and they've got to the postseason. So, nobody to write them off just yet. So, we, we all know that the strength of the Indians, although we have... Players like Lindor and Jose. The strength is in our pitching. Uh, you know, a health our healthy starting rotation is the best in baseball. Our bullpen's not so great, but it does seem that we have found a, a good closer in Brad Hand. Uh, he finished out the game tonight. But we are struggling in that bullpen, and you know we'll talk a little bit later whether or not we think that they'll make some moves. Um, before the trade deadline, um, for the good or the bad of the team, but just gonna kind of let Julia start out and tell 
tell you guys, you know, whether or not to fear for the season because of the pitching or what the pitching brings and just kind of how our pitching has played so far in the 60-odd games that we've played so far this year. Yeah, so like you said, with a healthy lineup, there's no debate that we have the best starting lineup in the majors right now. Kluber, Carrasco, Clev, Bauer, um, when all those guys are healthy, our starting lineup is incredible. It can't be matched in the in the majors. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> we are not healthy at the moment. Um, obviously, Carlos Carrasco is out with a current blood disease. Not a ton has been shared on that, but we do want to just send thoughts and prayers to Carlos and his family and we're hoping to have him back by the end of the season but obviously his health is number one right now um Corey Kluber out with an arm injury no real timetable on his return and then Mike Clevenger he is out of the cast though Kluber is out of the cast so that's good that is good I did just read that Clev is on his rehab assignment in Columbus. So I think he pitched a game yesterday or two days ago, and I think he's pitching one more and then maybe coming back to Cleveland. I I think I know the answer to this because he's your favorite pitcher, but do you think Clev is our best pitcher? I do not think Mike Clevenger is our best pitcher. He is my favorite pitcher. He's got spunk. You just think he's hot. I like his personality. Clev's got a lot going for him. No, I, I believe that our best pitcher is Trevor Bauer, and he's not... He's not pitching like Trevor Bauer at the moment, but like you said, we have close to 100 games left, not even close to counting Trevor Bauer out for a possible Cy Young this year. Um, No, I I think that Bauer is definitely our best pitcher with Kluber following close behind. That was Zeus. If you guys could hear that, he wanted to be on the podcast. He was jealous. Yeah, and then obviously everybody knows those names, Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, and Trevor Bauer. Those are, are definitely our our strongest starters. But um, I've been extremely impressed this year with Shane Bieber already, um, a young guy. And he's already made such an impact in our starting lineup. And I think I'm optimistic about his future, I guess I would say, with the Indians. Um, like I said, he's young, but he's pitching like a, a veteran right now. He stepped up into that role with our some of our starters being in injury so um i'm very optimistic about shane bieber in the future and then um zach playsack he he impressed me just the other night chandler when he pitched um he looked good yeah he what he held the indians or excuse me the yankees to two runs two earned runs and he's he's also a rookie just coming out of college i believe he was a ball state cardinal um so close to where we're from not too far from not too far from cleveland actually chirp chirp (laughs) and so i think even though we are riddled with injury right now in our starting lineup um we definitely have some kind of under the radar hidden units that we can use and obviously they're getting us some wins here in in big games um the twin series in the current yankee series that we're in we haven't had those three Starters Carrasco, Kluber, and Clev, and we won two games against the best team in the American League Twins, and we're currently up 2-0 in the Yankees series right now. Yeah. So with this starting rotation, I think I think this time off for Kluber is going to do more 
um, good, way more good than bad, and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna surprise people with what an injury can do for a player. Um, I'm not saying Kluber was bored, but it's hard to be one of the best at your job and just consistently do it and want to get better. Injuries like this is gonna probably drive him to want to play again not that he didn't want to play before but yeah i'm i know i always go back to lebron but it's like lebron the reason he's so great and i think the best player of all time is michael jordan had to take a break halfway through his you know goat period but lebron has just gotten better each year and no players ever do that nobody can keep up with the work ethic of what it takes to uh, mentally and to keep your body right and so I think Kluber's going to come out, and I think he's going to be rusty. Uh, and then I think he's going to catch – I think he's going to just snap back into the old 2016-17 Klubot. Uh, Trevor Bauer, I think his problem right now uh, – Frankie was talking – I'm sorry, Terry. Francona was talking about how him, he and the pitching coach were uh, telling Bauer he just got a – he was throwing with this weighted ball – and they think he was just throwing with it too much and he just lost his touch. So they've been making him stop with the throwing ball, which, you know, I don't know how it went over attitude-wise because Bauer does not like to be told what to do. Um, I mean, to be blunt, he's just kind of an asshole. He, you love to have him on your team, but he, I mean, he's a great teammate and he seems like a good friend, but it's his way or the highway. Um and then you have Clevenger, who I think is just a young star in the making. Uh, hard worker, has a has the right mindset, uh, good dude, and he's got great control of his curveball and a great two-seam fastball, as does Bauer. Um, Shane Bieber, he's a little bit, uh, he shows a little bit more enthusiasm, but he's just kind of like Kluber. He goes out there, does his job. And he, it's just like that. I mean, little to no facial expressions, and uh, he, you know, he has little things here and there he needs to work on. But he's, I mean, he's been great. The Indians' farm system is great. And then with Carrasco, you just hope being on the ten-day DL means that, you know, it's not something serious. It's just an infection that they can take care of or something like that. But yeah, that's. That's my th- that's my thinking on the starting pitching, and then you have guys like Plesac, Plesic. I don't remember how to pronounce it, but he was drafted in the twelfth round of the twenty sixteen draft, and then, uh, t- you know, two and a half years later, here he is pitching against the biggest baseball franchise in the history of baseball, and holds him to two runs and. Uh, you know, he's fun to watch and his, I think his uncle, his uncle or his dad was a, um, outstanding pitcher back in the day, but, and then you still have guys like Adam Plutko who come up from the farm system and get you a win when you need it. I, it's, that's what scares me as to why I think there's a possibility that maybe Bauer, if any pitcher it will be Bauer, Will be traded before the deadline because you he know you know he only wants one year deals, where it's going to be a lot of money, and if you can get something good out of it, 
Does Dolan say no? I don't know. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but... Who can you see the Indians trying to get if they were to, like, accept a trade deal for Trevor Bauer? Another, like, pitcher, a reliever, or another, like, maybe a, a strong hitter? I think with Dolan's mindset, if you're getting rid of Bauer, you've got to get great farm system prospects. Because if you really do th- not believe in paying Frankie, you know, my thought, and this still goes with getting the prospects, my sp- my thought is, you know, trade Bauer, maybe trade Kluber, as crazy as that sounds, get a lot of farm system talent, which we already have. Um, Mercado today hit a home run. Um, I think his name's, it's not Bobby. It's something, Burn. No, Bobby Burns. It's you guys know who he is. He's the guy down at the Clippers right now. He's lighting it up. It's like Bradley Burns or Bobby Burns, something like that. So you've got two guys right there, two young studs. Um, you've got a couple more down there that um, the Indians already have the first or second best farm system rated by MLB. So get the best farm system you can get, where you won't have to pay them. You pay Frankie and Jose, you'll have Clev and Bieber and Plucko and Plesic around, or Plezak. And when you get a player, when you pay players like Lindor and Jose, you're going to have to have young stars coming up through because you can't have Carlos Santana's contracts and uh, things like that. I don't know if you agree with that, Julia. The thing that I don't agree with, and I hate saying this, I I see almost a 0% chance um, of the Indians paying Frankie when his contract's up. We've never offered a kind of contract ever in the history of Indians baseball that would even compare to what Frankie deserves and what I think he's going to go after. Um, I mean, he's he's on the same pay grade in my opinion as Bryce Harper Manny Machado I think he's above their pay grade he's below Mike Trout but he's above the he's I I you know I'm strongly opinionated on this Bryce Harper is not a very good baseball player I don't give a damn and excuse my French if you can go out and hit me 30 to 40 home runs in a season but if you bat 250 260 you're not useless you're not useful to the team and you're not going to win a world series Astros the Royals uh, the Red Sox, the three teams that have kind of like won the World Series the past four to five years, they have hitters. They have contact hitters who can still hit home runs. Altuve, Carrera, Betts, uh, J.D. Martinez, the list goes on and on. But, and Julia, here's, what, here's, here's me what Frankie, about this. Here's what Frankie offers that all those guys, especially Bryce Harper, doesn't offer. Anybody can play the outfield. Anybody can play the outfield in the majors. Nobody in the league can play shortstop like Francisco Lindor. So not only does he offer an insane offensive threat, he is he's the best shortstop in the league, and he's so young. Baez's defense is up there, but those those two are on a pedestal of their own. I think it's Baez for yeah, yeah for the Cubs. Yeah, you're totally right. And Jose's a power hitting shortstop, but he bats Frankie. What did I say? Jose. Oh. Jose is a power hitter, but Jose's on vacation for the first half of this season. <laughs> uh, Frankie's a power hitting shortstop that hits for an average. I mean, 
it's just it's it's different than anything we've ever seen. And what's crazy to me about Frankie this season, he started off slow and everyone was you know how people get huh. when when you're not winning. You mean you shouldn't start a baseball season batting seven hundred and Well no, you know runs. when you don't win when you're not ninety and oh at the beginning of your hundred and sixty two season, you know how Gosh. people talk. So I looked it up. Twitter people. Frankie after missing the first couple games is starting off slow. His current batting average is 307, which is higher than his career average in the majors. So just to put that in perspective, he he comes off injury, he misses a few games, he starts slow, and he's already hitting better than he, like averaging, a, has a better batting average than he ever has before in his career in the majors. I, I want to get back to Frankie and Jose later. I do want to finish the pitchers, though. We got way off. <laughs> but uh, I just kind of want to talk about what you think of our bullpen. I know that you're glad Cody Allen's gone. <laughs> Between Cody Allen and Deshaun Kaiser for the Browns, I've never seen a woman or man complain more about two people in the entire history of anything. She hated Deshaun Kaiser from the start, and I was a, love- I was a 2017 Browns fan. Said, we got him in the second round. All that upside? Are you kidding me? Oh, we got him made in the shade. Hugh Jackson's the quarterback whisperer. I, I was a different man back then. Yeah, so you're <laughs> right. I think my two least favorite Indian, well, my least favorite Indian and my least favorite Brown probably of all time. Yeah, are Cody Allen and Deshaun Kaiser. Your least favorite Browns player is not Corey Coleman. <laughs> it's the reason we were 0 16. Oh, my God, it's been – we would have got Baker Mayfield at 1-15. So, anyway. Oh, and Johnny Manziel falls on that, that yeah. list, too. He brought such a nice little at aura least, with him to Cleveland. At least Cody Allen and Deshaun Kaiser were nice gentlemen. Hard workers. Johnny Manziel is just an, a dingbat. Um, but anyway, with the, start, with the r- middle relief, you couldn't pay Adam Miller. I'm, God, you couldn't pay Andrew Miller. I was trying to talk about Brad Hand, too. You couldn't pay Andrew Miller, which is okay. That that was a good that was a good trade for me. He was fall he was falling fast. Yeah, he had a 20, great 2016 season. Yeah. He he was like the heart and soul of our pitching that Oh, we year. don't get to the World Series without him. No way. He pit he pitched so well that season and then he just like We wouldn't get out of the first It's round. like he almost stepped off a cliff or something that the following injuries, season. When you're that long and skinny and you get injuries it's just like with Kevin Durant. I don't see a way he plays in these finals. You're, you're seven foot tall. Muscle injuries linger just a little longer. Your muscles are just a little bit longer. But uh, I I really liked the Brad Hand and Adam Simber trade. I don't think Adam Simber has done a very good job at the Indians, truthfully. I think Brad Hand's going to be our closer, which is big. So that means as, a, as an Indians fan, you have to – think that they're going to have to go after some middle relievers on the trade block. I mean, at the trade deadline. Or do you think that they're going to... We'll sneak in Mitch Eagle's questions here, actually. So, Mitch Eagle, my dad's best friend, he was on the podcast. He he sent in the question, are the Indians going to make moves at the deadline or are they going to have a fire sale? So, I guess that's my question to you. Do you think they're going to go after a reliever? And you don't have to know a name right now because we don't know who's on the trade block, but... Do you think they'll go after a reliever and bolster that not so good bullpen? I think I think they're going to see how these next couple weeks in the season go. And 
what I mean by that is, are we going to pick it up in the second half of the season? It Does it look like we are going to be an October team? Does it look like we're going to start getting our offense going? Are we going to get some of these pitchers back from injury? And what are our chances to get to the World Series or get, you know, get late into this October ball? And I think if the answer to those questions are, yes, our pitchers are back, yes, our offense is starting to line it, light it up again, then they make moves to get some middle relievers. But I don't see it necessary to get middle relievers if our season's kind of gone down the hole. Now, we already said that that's definitely not the case yet, but sooner or later, you know, we have to get some of these people back from injury. We have to start getting our offense going, not just Frankie and Carlos Santana. And when all those pieces come together, we're a hell of a baseball team. And I think at that point, then you can make those moves to get some middle relievers because, like you said, definitely need them. Definitely need someone of Andrew Miller's caliber um, if we do want to get to the World Series. Yeah, so – I think Cargo not coming through as well as we needed him to. Hanley Ramirez, that hurt. Um, And the biggest blemish that we know right now is Jose Ramirez. But, listeners, he's going to find his groove. You are not an all-MLB third baseman and hitter and then lose it all. You go through slumps. Uh, I'm trying to think of a player that, you know, in basketball that has gone through a, a bad slump, but it, these things happen. It, and this is, this is what I've been telling Julia and my dad and people I talked to about the Indians with is think about, think back on the last three years. How's Jose Ramirez started? The complete opposite of this. He started off hotter than the devil. <laughs> he came out, he was batting amazing, you know, MVP, MVP, all-star. He's going to be the MVP. And then what happened every year in the playoffs, Julia? I'm going to throw you out there. What happened every year the past three years in the playoffs, including the World Series run? <laughs> Jose was nowhere to be seen. During the World Series run, it was Frankie Lindor and Adam and Andrew Miller. That's how we got there. And yeah, you don't want I mean this is exactly where you're going with it, but why would you want a player to start off hot and then die yes. off the second half of the season? You can't tell who me Who cares if they start off slow? Okay, so at the past uh I think it's 5 or 6 years now. Would you agree with me that Terry Francona is a great Okay, everyone disagrees every now and again, but 95% of the time would you agree he's a great manager as in like he manages the time well. He manages his players well. He understands his players. You know how I feel about my boy Tito. He's a baseball god. Yes, Tito knows what he's doing. And Tito spins every waking second in that clubhouse. You don't think this summer he and his coaches and the staff thought, what can we do to better ourselves? We can peak Jose Ramirez at a different time. Now, am I crazy, or is there a very real possibility... Where they said, Jose's 20, what is he, like 25, 24? He's young. Okay, this young kid is starting off so hot, and it was probably because he was training like a mad dog in the offseason. So slow his training down and make him peak at the end of the year. Mark my words, that's what is going on. You don't just lose your touch that bad. I mean, he's batting 
a full hundred, I mean, a full, yeah, full hundred worse than he normally does. What do you think about that? I mean, am I crazy? Am I being way too optimistic? I mean, I've seen that happen. I think, like, the whole peak at the wrong time is a perfect example, like, when you're looking at runners. And I've seen that happen with so many different long-distance runners. So, they start off, just like you said, training super hard all through the summer. They get to the first race, and they win their long-distance race by a minute. Kill everybody. Next couple races, best runner on the course. And then slowly but surely, the other runners who didn't train as hard are catching up and catching up and catching up. And then those runners are like beginning to beat that best runner because they're peaking at the right time. And that runner who was winning at first is now falling back because he's already peaked. He was peaked at the beginning of the year. And I I agree that's exactly what has happened with um, Jose in the past. And, of course, you want your – third baseman and all-star to come out at the beginning of the season and hit home run after home run. I mean, what did he hit? How many home runs did he hit last year? Something insane. I think it was... It was four... High 30s or 40s? Yeah, no, it was in the 40s. So, I don't know. I mean, that is very optimistic, but I don't think it's too optimistic that, yeah, they're trying to maybe slow his training down a little bit because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of baseball you're playing in April it matters what kind of baseball you're playing in October. <laughs> I pulled up his stats and it, it said it said four home runs and I realized that's from this year. That's bad. <laughs> okay, 2018 home runs 39. But, you know, and that's not even Jose's best attribute. 2016 and 28 and 2016 and 2017 he had a combined 110 doubles and that's jose's bread and butter and i can assure you it's not because he's the fastest player out there he just hits it into the gap well he used to go away with it well right now he's struggling there but uh to put in perspective last year he had 156 hits this year he's only at 46 hits but we still he still has double the games to play as he did last year plus a little bit. So if if he even just hits a hundred hits, he's gonna get hot. He's gonna get hot. He's that's not what I'm saying. Like if he stays season. this bad, he's gonna be twenty percent worse than he was last year. All it takes is two weeks. It takes two weeks. Give him nine, ten games, and that that's all it takes for a hitter. Right now, it's mental. I'll tell you what. Sometimes it takes one game. Who was that hitter that was hitting against the Indians the other day that was coming off an Owen 21? Something Turner? No. Eric Murray? No. No. I don't know. He was coming the off a kid an from the Twins. Owen 1 or Owen 21 last couple games, last couple weeks and he hit 3 home runs against the Indians. I can tell you he's not hitting Owen 21 in his next couple games. Sometimes it takes one game to get you back on track. Yeah, it does and that's just that's what Jose needs right now. So while we're on the topic of um, hitting, I want to take this time to talk about one of my all-time favorite Indians ever. My pantheon of Indians in no particular order. Grady Sizemore. No. I liked him, but that I there was... Pronk, 
which his name's Travis Hafner. I still wear his jersey to this day because the jersey I bought in fifth grade fits me today. Yeah, the that image in your head is about right. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, for buying me that jersey, even though Mom specifically said a hundred times to us, don't let him buy a jersey, and you still bought me one. Thank you. That was awesome. Travis Hafner, Johnny Peralta, Victor Martinez, Carlos Santana. Now, obviously, guys like Frankie and Jose, I absolutely love. But I'm talking about the guys that aren't going to be remembered in the future, but for some reason, I just fell in love with them. The day Johnny and Victor got traded to Detroit, my dad picked me up from baseball, and he told me I was in seventh grade, and I legitimately cried my eyes out. And I don't regret it. Victor and Peralta were my guys, but, and obviously Pronk was, um, but Carlos Santana, when he got traded away, Julia probably doesn't remember because she just, I, I, I just talks to be heard sometimes, no, so she mutes Phillies. me. When he went to the Phillies for a year, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, when he got traded, I was, but I was about to say, you me- probably remember how distraught I was, but I just talked to you all the time about sports you probably just have a mute button in your head but uh i don't seem to remember that conversation (laughs) i was upset and i i liked edwin but i was not a fan of how he played because as i was complaining earlier i don't like a player that's only going to hit you home runs pronk doesn't count i was little uh but with santana Move him into the starting lineup. This is that 5% of the time I don't agree with Tito. You have one of the best on-base guys in the MLB. Yeah, he's not fast, but he's also not a power hitter. Put. I think the order... I'm not going to go through the whole order and bore you guys. It needs to be um, Carlos, fill in the second. I don't care who you put in the second. Frankie and Jose at the three and four. Mix it up. I know Jose's not batting well. Putting him in the, th- I, keeping him around the three or four. I don't like Jose at the five. I don't like Frankie at the one. No, he can't get a, any RBIs. He's he, just—it's such a waste because he gets on base and then nobody can hit him around. I just, Frankie's such a good hitter that Santana needs to be in front of him. Santana gets on base, and ridiculously good high. And efficient rate. Get Frankie behind him. Um, you know, Kipnis, he's he's played well this year, bouncing back from an injury. Adam Plutko. Or no, 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 no. Uh, Jordan Luplo. Jordan Luplo. He's played well this year. Bebo, which I don't know when we started calling him Bebo. I don't ever remember him being called Bebo. That's Roberto Perez. See, you've never heard it either. I've seen it on Twitter the past few weeks. Never heard Bebo. I know, B-E-B-O. I must be an uncultured swine, but... (laughs) And then you have guys like Bowers, who isn't a very good hitter, but he's faster than lightning. Um, You have Mercado. You have that other kid at the Clippers right now. I cannot remember his name. I should have just looked it up. This team, I think all they need... Is one more hitter at that five spot, 
and I think it's the kid at the Clippers. Wait, Julia, I have a. I yeah, have I'm gonna a, let you talk because I'm gonna look him up and I'm gonna tell you his stats, and it's gonna blow your mind. And well, I go here's watch my him. thing about one more hitter. So, what are your thoughts on Bradley Zimmer's ever ever return to the Cleveland Indians? Is well, that something you see happening? And he can hit the stinking ball. I don't think he's a five spot hitter, but um, you. You keep talking about what you think we should do with the top of the rotation, or if I was, if you disagree with me, and I'm gonna look up uh, how Bradley Zimmer's recovering real quick, because you know I love him. Yeah. So before I get into the the lineup, here's your, at least what I have read on Bradley Zimmer, he's nowhere near even a rehab assignment yet. Well, he's on the 10 day DL. I read. Mm, Maybe two weeks ago, that he's still in Arizona. Um, he's rehabbing right now. With a quote that said, "Nowhere near gameplay." So, I don't know the like the timetable on his return. I would be surprised if we ever saw Bradley Zimmer play another baseball game in a Cleveland Indians jersey. He seems like an amazing guy to trade before the trade deadline to get somebody to get a couple somebodies that could make a difference this season for us. So this from Cleveland.com is just saying right now he's in Arizona and then soon they're going to send him back to Ohio for rehab, I mean for to play in the Clippers, but they don't want to do it until he's 100% ready. Doesn't give a timetable, but he'd be that he'd be a good guy in the 2 spot, 3 spot. So his name is Bobby Bradley. He's a first baseman from the Clippers. And I know we have Santana, but this guy's not built like your run-of-the-mill first baseman. He's six foot one, two twenty-five. 225. Just looks like... Yeah, I mean, he's just chiseled. What's his batting average for the Clippers? So... Or on-base percentage? On-base percentage is 346. Eh. His batting average is only 280. Not terrible, but he's got 17 home runs and only 215 at bats. So that's 215 at bats is right about what Jose's at and has four home runs. He's got 17 home runs, 46 RBIs, 20 walks, does have 78 strikeouts. So he is a strikeout or home run bust guy, but he's only 23. Try to put him in the five hole. Yeah, I'm with you when you say that. Santana should be in the lineup, uh, at the beginning of the lineup. So, I guess I would like to see, even though, let's say Frankie gets hot tomorrow. Or not Frankie, uh, Jose gets hot tomorrow. I guess my my idea of at least the top four would be Santana, Jose, Frankie... Well, no, I guess I would like to see Frankie at four. So, with the way he's hitting, no, he's not a necessarily a power hitter. Maybe not going to get you the home runs that a power hitter would get you that you traditionally want in the four spot. But, like you said, he's a solid contact hitter. He's going to drive in runs if you give him the ability to drive in runs. But currently, he's hitting home runs, leadoff home runs. Which does nothing. Why put one run on the board when you can put two or three? Yeah. So I kind of told you guys mine. Julia, who are some of your favorite Indians of all time? If, sorry if I'm throwing you on the spot here. 
to go back in time just a little bit because I don't think I have been an Indians fan quite as long as you. Um, Not everyone's as awesome as me. <laughs> definitely Grady Sizemore. That oh, was, we could use him right now. Whew. That was like a heartbreaking, not only me, but my grandma. Yeah, so when Grady wasn't re-signed, that was a definite heartbreaker. Um, for me, I already alluded a little bit to this earlier, but huge Mike Clevenger fan. Um, not just because I think he's a hard worker and a good pitcher. I just love like the personality and like charisma, I guess, that he brings to the team. Everybody sort of has their own little thing, I guess. You know, Corey Kluber never makes a face. Trevor Bauer, extremely intense. Um, The kind of guy that you don't want to look at when you're at bat. I think Mike Clevenger is just a a really kind of chill dude. Brings really cool vibes to the the clubhouse. So I really like him. And then my all-time favorite Indian ever, I'm not sure we'll ever get beat, is Michael Brantley. Um, He was the first jersey that I ever had. Someone bought it for her. It was me, and he, they didn't re-sign him. And she said, maybe you shouldn't give me a Brantley jersey. What if he doesn't re-sign him? And I said, Dolan's not that stupid. Oh, boy, are we in for a long freaking ride of not signing back players. So, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so now I have a Michael Brantley jersey that goes to waste, but I will say, even though he's not an Indian anymore, I'm still a huge Michael Brantley fan. Um, Whenever the Astros are on and the Indians are not on, I try to watch him at least get some at-bats. He's hitting outstanding for the Astros. We could really use that right now in our clubhouse. I could be wrong. I don't want to say it out loud. You keep talking. I think I know what status is. So, yeah, those are my definitely my three favorite. Grady Sizemore, Michael Clevenger, and Michael Brantley. Um... And yeah, um, I am heartbroken that Brantley's no longer an Indian, but like I said, still a huge fan, still love watching him play. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right now, <laughs> Brantley's batting 322 with 38 ribbies and 10 home runs. So just to put that into perspective, Frankie has 24 RBIs currently, and we think Frankie's hot. Yeah, well, Frankie is hot. Physically. <laughs> I guess the other piece to that is the Astros offense. You can't bat around Michael Brant. You can't pitch around him, but still. It gives... 322, that's not by accident. No, he's he's crazy, but what I'm saying is the RBIs are also a testament to the the Astros offense, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. You well, have the to other have people on base to bat Frankie didn't play for, what, a third of the season? A third of the season? Yeah. Well, like the current, the current, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he missed the first 20 games, I think. No, he didn't miss that many. Yes, he did. No. <laughs> All right, so, but do you think it would have been worth it to pay Michael Brantley? Did you really just ask me that question? Considering the fact that you're... Completely eliminating my love for Michael Brantley? Absolutely. It would have been worth it to pay him. I... As bad as I hate to say, like, have these words come out of my mouth, it's not going to be worth it to pay Frankie. He's outstanding, but he he's he just isn't going to fit on a small market team. We can't pay him. We're never going to be able to pay something like that. But Michael Brantley is right on the cusp. He can – he we could have afforded him. We could have afforded to keep him. He was an Indian from day one, and he was incredible. Incredible outfielder, incredible offense guy. He was, like – 
just the kind of guy you want on your team. And the fact that they didn't sign him back, yeah, that was a heartbreaker for me and an absolute heartbreaker for the Indians. Frankie Lindor has missed exactly 20 games this year. Oh, my gosh. The Chan Man's always right. Ah! Oh, cramp. No. But, oh, I wonder why my legs are cramping. It's almost like someone's family made me bike 30 miles for ice cream. <laughs> it was Julius. Um, <laughs> I, see, I disagree with you. I totally think... You don't think they should have signed Michael Brantley? Perspective. Pay Frankie Lindor, young, 25, better than Michael Brantley in all aspects of the game. Pay him $30 million a year. Or pay Michael Brantley his $20 million a year, who has been injury prone. And awesome for Michael Brantley that he hasn't been injured this year. I am absolutely thrilled. Me and Julia were at the game when he sprained his ankle on air. And <laughs> he literally sprained his ankle on air. I know. And I would absolutely... I would pay Frankie $35 million a year. Because... And he, I don't think he'll get $35 million a year. I'm not even sure what Mike Trout's... I think Mike Trout's is a 10-year... Four hundred million, so he's getting forty a year. But the way that all—but this is what I'm saying. But the way that money's going in sports, thirty million dollars a year now is cheap in five years. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Like, we would have never, never, ever will we pay Francisco Lindor that amount of money. Never. It's just not going to happen. Oh, but I know it won't happen. But we could have and would have and have had contracts, similar contracts like that for Michael Brantley in the past. I I understand what you say the Indians w- are most likely going to do. I'm saying, like I already said earlier, and I am a firm believer in this, I will pound the table for it. Pay Jose and Frankie as much as they want. Keep them together. Because they could be the best duo in MLB history. And because they've already showed that they can. They where, are, do you, where are you like proposing that we get this money to pay? I'm not saying we don't have it, but when is our owner ever... Th- that's I know that this is what I'm saying to do. Because I know that our owner is cheap. Dolan's a piece of poop. So, first of all, the Haslams, please buy the damn Indians. Please. Anywho, that's where I'm okay with trading Bauer, trading Kluber. It's going to suck to do it, but I'd rather have Frankie and Jose than Bauer and Kluber. You trade Bauer and Kluber, get farm system, get cash cash consideration. So get some cash for these guys. You know, you trade Bauer and Kluber, uh, it's not going to help you this year. But if you sign Frankie and Jose, your window's not this year. Your window's... Till 2030. Yeah, but here's something else to consider. What makes you think that Francisco Lindor, a 25-year-old, young dude, in his prime, amazing, wants to live in Cleveland, Ohio? Like, what makes you think he's going to want to sign a a long-term contract in Cleveland? This is, and I'm not trying to be a smartass, the most polarizing athlete in the world is excited as hell to be in Cleveland right now. OBJ. The he's the most popular athlete outside of Ronaldo and LeBron in the world. I yeah, mean, but he's not happy to be in Cleveland. He's happy to be with the Browns. 
What I'm saying is, what makes you think Francisco Lindor would rather live in Cleveland, Ohio, than New York City or? This is the thing. They can live there. Frank Frankie Lindor doesn't stay here in the off season, and when he is in the off season, you don't hardly live in Cleveland. You're only there, you know, eighty games of the year. I don't think. I think the. I think the small market, big market. Having to live there is over. You saw it with Paul George. You saw it with LeBron leaving Miami to go back to Cleveland. You see it with Russell Westbrook staying in Oklahoma City. You see it with Giannis Antetokounmpo saying he's going to stay in Milwaukee. I think just with the accessibility they have where Frankie can say, he can text someone, okay, I want to go here, and he can fly there in an hour. I think, and I, I think you're bringing up a great point, but I think the era of... Big time players playing in big time markets is kind of coming to an end, if that makes sense. And I also think, why well, I know this, Frankie and Jose came from nothing. You know, they were they came from dirt floors, playing pickup baseball with a, sometimes a wooden stick, kind of situation where you can just see them. They love playing together and they love playing for Frank. Francisco Tito T good lord Francona and uh I don't know I if I don't know I'm not saying that you Here's the worst part there's the only thing that I would uh, the Indians don't have they have terrible attendance which is on us fans but to be honest I live three and a half hours away I'm not gonna make that drive every week that's the biggest issue right now is why we don't have money because in baseball, the more attendance you have, the more money you have to spend on people because there's no salary cap. Sorry, go ahead. I just need to get that out. I don't think that you're wrong about the accessibility of being able to have a house in New York, have a house in L.A., and still be able to play baseball in Cleveland. And I think maybe in the future that's something that is going to start to shift. But I, I don't agree with you that we've seen that shift yet. I said start to see the shift. I mean, LeBron James... Guess where he ended up? Los Angeles. Because why would he want to live in Cleveland? Literally, his family is in Akron. He grew up in Akron, and he didn't even want to be there. But Frankie Lindor isn't a producer of 17 different TV shows and all that jazz. This is what I'm saying. Do I want the Indians to sign Frankie and Jose? Absolutely. You'd be an idiot to not want both Frankie and Jose in your infield for the next 10 years. I think... Do I think Frankie is going to go down as one of the best shortstops in the history of baseball? Absolutely. One of the best hitting shortstops? No doubt in my mind. Do I think that the Indians are going to sign him? No. Not a chance. Well, since we know Julia clearly doesn't want Frankie and Jose on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, we To end this, I just kind of... We're both going to give our, as long as she's okay with it, predictions on how we think the season will end and all that jibber-jabber. So I personally think that the Indians are going to catch the Twins, and I think the Twins are going to be a wild-card team. Reason being, very rarely, very rarely, do you see a team start off as hot as the Twins finish strong. It doesn't happen. They're hitting a lot of home runs right now. 
will it keep up? A lot of things like that. They really only have two starting pitchers. Whereas the Indians are nine and a half games back, and they have Three Trevor Bauer. Out. I think Trevor Bauer and Bieber are our only starting pitchers right now. Um, you'd hope that they're going to trade for a, try to maybe get another middle reliever. And your best to second best hitter is batting 198. And your best player missed the first 20 games of the season where you started 500. Everything that could go wrong for the Indians has pretty much gone wrong this year, and they're still in the fight. I mean, right now they're still easily in the wild card fight. I think if the season ended today, they would have a wild card spot. I could be wrong. I think we're fighting with the Red Sox right now. Um, so I think that the Indians are gonna end hot. Um, I don't think they're gonna do a what was it twenty seven? No, well 21? I think it ended with twenty two. Twenty two game win, twenty one game win streak. I don't think they're gonna do anything like that again. But I think the pitching is going to be huge. I think Frankie and Jose are going to have a historic second half. I think the Indians are going to make the playoffs just fine. Truthfully, I don't know what they're going to do when they get to the playoffs because their roster is not that great. Uh, They're solid. But that's my prediction. I'm going to guess right around oh, let's see. Right now they're 32. What are they? They're 33 and 31. I'm going to say they finish Uh, right, right around ninety wins, ni- like ninety to a hundred wins. All right, Miss Thatcher, what are you thinking? You said something that I absolutely a hundred percent disagree with, um, and that's uh, that I would never believe that <laughs> that you don't know what the Indians would do when they got to the playoffs. Um, maybe I'm an optimistic. Maybe I just love the Indians. I think they have the roster, and I think they're a World Series caliber team if everything falls back into place. And what I mean by that is we get all of our starting pitchers back healthy. Carrasco comes back healthy. Kluber's back 100%. Clev comes back, and Trevor Bauer starts pitching like Trevor Bauer. Yes, we need to get a reliever before the trade deadline, absolutely. Um, That's another piece that needs to fall into place. And then, ideally, um, we get Bradley Zimmer back. Sooner rather than later. He's going to make a huge impact. And I think like what you said earlier about Corey Kluber, he's going to come back with a fire. He's missed almost an entire year of baseball now. I'm sure he's ready to get back. So my prediction for the second half of the season, um, not a doubt in my mind that the Indians are going to be an October team. Um, Damn. We're going to get our pitchers back. And Frankie, well, he's already hot. Santana's going to stay hot. And Jose is going to get hot, absolutely. Like you said, he's going to start peaking right at the right point. And we're a World Series caliber team, and we have all our pieces coming together. Do you think Frankie will stay this hot and finish in the MVP racing? Absolutely. I like it. Absolutely. I said it earlier, I think Frankie's going to go down as one of the best, if not the best, shortstops in the history of the majors, based on his performance so far at such a young age. And um, it is an absolute – it's like – to, for me, because I'm not an NBA fan, it's like uh, when people were are just like stunned that we got to watch LeBron in his prime in Cleveland. For me, that's Frankie. Like it is an absolute 
treasure to be able to watch Francisco Lindor. He's not even in his prime yet, but to see him in an Indians uniform and play for the tribe has been absolutely insane for me. Um, and so, yes, I think he's definitely in the running. Um, I hope you're right that they sign Frankie and Jose back together. I don't think you're right, but that would be incredible. But as far as this season goes, um, I feel like people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but I absolutely think the Indians have what it takes to, to win a World Series, just like we did in 2016 with just all the pieces falling back into place where, where they need to be. So my prediction, they have over 100 wins by the end of the season. Ooh. Nothing like the 22-game win streak that we had last year, I believe it was. Um but definitely going to string together some wins. Definitely going to string together some hits. Hopefully get the batting lineup working a little bit better so Frankie can hit in some RBIs. Santana needs the leadoff. So, yeah, my prediction on the Indians, not worried. I uh, I guess I do agree with you. This roster is better than the 2016 roster. Uh, problem was that was just... I think the energy from 2016 was different, but it could... I feel like this entire season, and as well as this current podcast, is sleeping on Jordan Luplo. Before we end, I just want to, like, I just feel like he deserves more credit than anybody in the world right now. He is, like, such on the back burner of everybody's mind, and he's been hitting incredible. He's been making great plays in the outfield. I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Jordan Luplo, and I think he's um, going to be a really vital piece in our October ball. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Luplo has been underappreciated, and Julia has been sure to remind me of that every time I talk about the Indians and don't bring him up. Uh, but I think that's all I have. We're almost at an hour already. Wow. Do you have anything else to add, Jules? Um, stop trashing the Indians on the Internet. They're going to be fine. Jose's going to be fine. Tito's got this in his hands. Not worry. Don't worry about the Indians. At this point, I think it might maybe be only Jason listening, so thanks for listening, Dad. But uh, for all you that stuck around all 54 minutes, thank you so much. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys liked how we talked about the Indians and provided some positive light on something that needed it ever so dearly... um, Shoot me a tweet and let me know so I can keep doing uh, what makes you guys uh, enjoy it better. But if we have nothing else to add, thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me on, Chandler. No problem. But do you want to you want to do a dog check since it's the dog check podcast? Nope. You can do it. You can do it. Dog check. <laughs> you got to do it. Dog check. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs)